This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. The NFL is officially back, and we've got round-the-clock coverage to get you through the season. We're publishing shows from Sunday through Friday every week, including the Bill Simmons Podcast and the Ryan Russillo Podcast, and adding to the Ringer NFL show with Warren Sharp, Chris Vernon, Ryan Chazier, Cole Wright, and Joe House all on the slate. For the fantasy fans out there, the Ringer Fantasy Football Show is publishing three times a week on its own feed to help you get your lineup set. You can listen and subscribe to all of the Ringer's NFL coverage on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. I feel like I'm saying that in a very official way now. How you doing, man? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. How about yourself, man? Okay, I'm a little bit tired today. A little bit, a little bit overcast in New Jersey. Uh, our babyface producer John Kerma is over here. But um, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, uh, it, it's been a, it's been a good week of wrestling. Here's the thing. Sometimes, oftentimes, we start the show either saying, "Holy shit, there was a pay per view," or "My God, <laughs> Roman Reigns is back." Or, you know, there's like mm-hmm. a their big beat. Or there's some, sometimes it's a, uh, you know, a sad beat. But a, but a story we have to cover, you know. There's, there's not a like beat. A, there's, there, a beat. there's not a big beat this week. But I will say that like that when, we're, when I'm looking at the list of things I desperately want to talk about, it's a different sort of big beat. It's a lot of times we talk about people returning. That's not like a storyline. You know, we talk right. about like, like the existence of a major pay-per-view. That's not a story. That's not, that is not booking. That, I mean, booking, right. booking exists within that. But that's not which makes but, this show fun. I which, like talking about booking. But I here's the thing: yeah. So what happened this week across the board? There, every show has something that like I want to talk about. Like there was a story, mm-hmm. there was a booking decision that it, like made me super happy, <laughs> and that is what uh, this should all be about, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know what? It, it, it definitely felt like that this week. For you know, I feel like the last couple of weeks we've been very insidery mm-hmm. and talking about ratings and talking about AEW versus WWE who should be on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, all this type of stuff. But this week was just like the rare, wow, good creative. Good creative through all three shows, through Raw, through AEW Dynamite, through SmackDown, and even through NXT. There are, there are, there are storylines on each show that I'm extremely 
intrigued by, extremely intrigued by. So, uh, where, where are we getting started, Dave? We, we can got, go. We got a bunch. I, I mean, we, we should we should dra- we should grab names out of a hat. We can go in reverse order, I guess. So here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Uh, which gotcha. is already with with the nod of the head is already is like the coolest story. I mean, the you know, the coolest little storyline I've seen in a while, or it would have been uh, if it hadn't been for just the most immaculate. I'm not even a face turn, just moment by the hurt business on Raw, mm. Uh, mm. and then and then on AEW last night we got this. I mean, I guess it was a match, but the the way that the 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 best friends versus. Uh, Proud and Powerful played out was just amazing. I mean, like to think that that would be the match that we'd be talking about at in, I mean, any point. It was just so well done. And there's other stuff from that show too. I mean, if you want to take it to NXT, I'm going to make a hard case for Kyle O'Reilly defending the honor of the parking lot, the sanctity of the parking lot, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and stopping Ciampa from beating up Jake Atlas. Uh, there have definitely been points, definitely been weeks where I could have done a whole episode on. Um, are they finally pushing Kyle O'Reilly and how excited I am about it? But let's do let's let's start let's start from Friday. Let's start okay. from from SmackDown. Let's let's go since I guess people didn't get our our true takes on the big dog Roman Reigns. Or well, not even the big dog no more. He's the tribal chief, mm-hmm. the tribal chief Roman Reigns and Heyman and uh, what's going on with uh, Jey Uso. I'm I'm extremely interested in this. Right, because the way that they've made so many subtle changes with Roman without doing that much speaks to just how smart the wrestling fan has gotten, or at least I would hope as a wrestling fan has gotten, right? Like, it's what fans have been really clamoring for for a long time, and, you know, the not-so detailed and and on the nose this guy's a bad guy this guy's a good guy dynamics right like so i want to start with with the roman and paul Heyman dynamic which i think is just terrific right like paul Heyman, Mm -hmm. as we've known him for the past i don't know eight years now seven years now as as the advocate for Mm -hmm. for brock lesnar he's always kind of seemed like more don king than Bobby the Brain Heenan, like, heelish manager, right? Like, he's he's the hype man. He comes in. He says, the reigning, defending, mm-hmm. undisputed. You know what I mean? This guy's big money. You don't have to see him all the time because he's big money when he comes in. He's a prize fighter. He's, you know what I mean? He, he, he's the shit, right? Like, yeah. almost like Flavor Flav to his Chuck D. Just extremely hyped up around Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Not the same around Roman. Not the same around Roman. Like, for people who thought, like, and me being one of those people thinking that we're going to get the same sort of, like, hyped up sports agent slash boxing promoter personality out of Paul Heyman that we're getting for Roman Reigns. We're not getting that. Like, Paul's almost, like, terrified of Roman Reigns. (laughs) Like, if you see, like, the way he talks about him and the way he kind of introduces him, like, he always stands behind him. He always chooses his words very carefully. And if you notice, Roman does not move. He's done almost as little movement as possible throughout his return, throughout his championship match, and especially on SmackDown this past week, right? Like, he comes out, doesn't do the big punch-to-the-ground, explosion, fireworks type of thing. He just kind of walks out, hair tied to the back, 
slowly mm-hmm. raises the title, doesn't change his facial expression, stone cold killer yeah. type of look in his face. So much of a stone cold killer that you can almost see like Heyman. Heyman said something that really stuck with me when he first cut his promo next to Roman Reigns. He said, just, uh, just when I thought I was out, he brought me back in. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anybody to misconstrue who's calling the shots around here. It's Roman, you know? Like, he calls him the tribal chief. Doesn't call him the beast incarnate. Doesn't call him the, the reigning undisputed. Da, 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 da. Like, he almost is looking at Roman as, like, a ruler, like a king. Like, mm-hmm. like some regal, like, you know what I mean? This is Sparta type of dude. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it's so cool because it's like, that's him. Like, when you, when, you, when you see him talk and when you see him kind of, like, communicate, when he does get the microphone, again, not a lot of movement. Very, very quick and to the point with his words. He's like, Jay, I love you. You're my brother. You know what I mean? We're cousins, but we're basically brothers. But just like we did when we were little, I'm going to hurt you. And then I'll love you again afterwards. And it's really, really interesting to see where they're going to take that. Because it's like, okay, are they going to make Jay Uso, you know, the guy who, you know, stands up to his cousin and and is a sympathetic baby face? Or where I see them taking it is Roman just absolutely dog walking Jey Uso, mm-hmm. just just completely murdering him and making him stand by his side afterwards. Yeah. Like on some like you are my minion, do my bidding. Because later in that night, there's a tag team match that Jay like basically volunteers himself for. Like, well, you know, me and Roman, we're gonna come and kick your ass. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And Jay is almost like trying to prove himself. To, to big cuz like he's almost trying to prove himself to the tribal chief like dude I'm worthy like I'm with the shits like you know and and he goes out there he takes the beating and you know he he has a great showing against I guess it was Sheamus and, and King Corbin and then when Roman's good and ready he walks out slowly he sees Jay and the one thing that 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 was just the icing on the cake he gives him that little head nod like to the left like Get out the way. Like, I got this. Like, this is this is my food. The like, head nod this was is like king of the jungle. The head nod was just like, move. And Jay moves. Spear, one, two, three. It's over. Walks right back out, right? Jay, who's all beat up, took a lot of the, the, the punishment. You know what I mean? Still, once the approval of his big cousin, once the approval of the universal champion, like, yo, I'm worthy. Like, yo, I know I'm a tag team specialist, but the first thing you said when I when I went solo is, you know, we know you can get it as a tag team champion, but, like, can you get it on your own? So you almost see, like, Jay still trying to prove himself. And then when he lifted up Roman's arm to, like, you know, signify, you know, we won, Roman gives him a look that is just, like, who do you think you are? Like, don't, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't evil. It wasn't heelish. It was just like, yo, do you know who I am? Like, yeah, we're family, but like, do you know who I am? And I feel like we're going to see something really, really violent at Clash of Champions. Like, I think we're going to see like a new side of Roman that is going to make 
and you know, and I think it'll turn, and I think this will lead to our discussion about the hurt business. We're gonna see a new side of Roman where heels, the cowardly heel is gonna become extinct. Like he's not a coward, he's a killer, you know. And and I think that's I think that's where they're going with it. Dude, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean. Yes, the cowardly heel in this case is extinct. I mean, we've been begging for the end of cowardly heels, but now that Roman Reigns is sort of occupying that territory, I hope there are still some cowardly heels for him to kind of stand up in relief in front of, you know? But, dude, everything you, I co sign almost everything you said. I think that here's the thing with Heyman as much as we put him in the category of a Bobby the Brain Heenan or whoever, just because he's like the top manager and he's the only manager, I mean, not now, but forever he was and, you know, does a great job of making his opponents seem important. I mean, his his, uh, protégés seem important or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. really not, he's less of a Heenan who had kind of was, Heenan was the Hogan foil and then the the Heenan family were sort of interchangeable, right? And that's sort Mm -hmm. of like what, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's what, um, what Jimmy Hart did down in Memphis, you know, I mean, that's always a, if, if you, there's a lot of times the manager is sort of the, is, is, is more of the chief antagonist. And, and for, despite his, you know, brief run with Curtis Axel and Cesaro or whoever, like that's like the thing with Heyman is that he's only ever had one guy for real, really in WWE. So in some sense, right. he's more like, like Paul Ellering or like, you know, one of these guys, like right, one of these managers right, that only right. exists in the context of a certain state of a certain partnership, a certain parent. Right, right. right. And that's obviously like, I mean, Paul Heyman's so immensely more talented than just about everybody you could put vaguely in this category, except for maybe Heenan, you know, but I mean, sure, there's somebody else. But the, but but I mean, he he's really I mean, that's what makes it that's what really makes him tick. I, I, I feel you on that. I feel you like, you know, we've only seen Heyman as, you know, we like to we like to put Heyman on this pedestal because we all like to assume the folks that are Heyman stands are like wrestling nerds, right? Like we're, we're, we, we understand Heyman in canon. Okay. Like we understand that like, okay, yes. As far as like major stars, he's only really held up Brock Lesnar and CM Punk in the WWE world. Right. Mm -hmm. But WWE makes no bones about, you know, his past and like how, what he's done for Steve Austin, what he's done for The Undertaker, what he's done for ECW, what he's done for uh, SmackDown, even like lightly mentioning that he was, you know, running raw. You know what I mean? Like uh, we've we've they haven't hit the fact that Paul Heyman is an extremely important figure when it comes to. Yeah, uh, being an advocate slash tribal chief spokesman like manager like out of all these terms you know uh he's he's he has become you know this 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 kingmaker and he's always kind of has been and i think wwe's leaned into it more but with this particular partnership i feel like the way wwe has leaned into him being this sort of kingmaker and dealmaker and you know manager to the stars it almost means more that for all of his accomplishments, for everything that he's done in the world, he seems legitimately frightened by Roman Reigns and is still working for him. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he, he seems like, dude, this dude is a dangerous, dangerous man. Like, And if you're looking at it through the WWE lens, he should look at him like that. Yep. This is the dude that took Brock Lesnar to the limit, like, in what? WrestleMania 31? You know what I mean? When he still yeah. was kind of wet behind the ears? 
This is the guy who beat Brock Lesnar for the universal title. This is this has always been the dude. And even during those rivalries, Heyman always had a healthy respect for Roman because they didn't shy away from the fact that he managed the Wild Samoans. He managed his dad, managed his uncles, grandparents, all these people. Like, he's been in their lives. He's known the Usos and Romans since they were children. Like... They don't hide this from WWE TV. So it's really tight how they're how they're telling the story. And boy, SmackDown really needed it. Yep. They really did. Yeah. Because it, uh, they were getting to a point where, you know, you got the Fiend, who was this indestructible monster, who is now a babyface. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you got... You had your, your your champion, I mean, Braun Strowman, I mean, the guy who was, like, holding down the fort for six months or whatever, is now just showing up on, like, like Monday Night Raw's B-roll, you know? I mean, just, like, you know, right. he's, he's, he's going, I mean, and it's not like, I mean, sure, it's a big, that's a cool thing, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, that outfit he was wearing, that whole scene, like, Braun certainly leveled up, but... Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, SmackDown was doing the best they could do with kind of limited resources for a while. And in some ways, that's great, right? I mean, Braun came out of that whole thing way more established than he was before. The fact that we're even talking about mm-hmm. The Fiend having the depth to possibly be a babyface, that's a win, you know? That's what it's a, one of the, those are the little good things that come out of having a smaller roster. Um, but they needed mm-hmm. something. They needed a shot in the arm, right? I mean, like, we should be talking, like, Otis is, you know, a magical being, and I love you know, the Miz to, to, to death, but like the Miz and John Morrison versus heavy machinery should be like the 10th thing we talk about on this show. Right. I mean, there's like, it's, and, and and they get a lot of time because there's not, there's, I mean, it's, it's just, there's not, there wasn't a lot going on for the longest time. Uh, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they needed it. And, and this is the, I mean, one of the coolest things that's happened in, in, in WWE for the long, for forever. I mean, with or without, I mean, in context, the 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 nod of the head that Roman Reigns gave Jay to get him to get him off the pin was just one of the most, like, with that and nothing else, Roman Reigns is like probably a top three all time pro wrestling actor. Like, like he's so good <laughs> yes. at what he does. Yes, yes. I'm looking at him. He looks he looks so much different than he left. He's a little bigger. He's got some new teeth. He looks, you know what I mean? He's not trying to smile. He's not trying to, you know what I mean? Like one, one, one nit to pick. And I know I, I, it's, it's so silly to have these conversations week in and week out. For a guy who wore a, a, a flak jacket for his entire career, it shouldn't be a big deal that he's wearing a t-shirt, but it looks so like, why is he wearing a t-shirt? Why is he wearing merch? Like I get like, <laughs> like at least just wear like a black tank top or cut it up, do something, you know? But like, I just don't get that. But anyway, yeah, I mean, he looks different, but it's more of just, it's not even just how he's carrying himself. It's like, he's just comfortable in his own skin and you can feel it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. You know, they say that what's the old saying? It's like the opposite of love isn't hate. It's uh, indifference. Like indifference. that's, that's yes. how, that's the way he's treating his cousin. Right. It's like he, he's like aware of him, but like for the most part, it's like if they're, if they were walking down, if, if Jay was standing between him and like catering, like he would just he he would just grab the sandwich and eat it before he even before he even registered that his cousin was there. Like that's what that's who yeah. Roman Reigns is now, right? And yeah, and that's 
just really, really great. And I can't wait to see, I cannot wait to see what happens tonight at Champions. Because Yes, it's the lack of movement. The lack of movement. If you just notice him, when he gets into the ring, he stands in the exact same spot no matter what's going on around him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people notice that. Like, that is a very subtle storytelling uh, nuance that they're using with him, like, to really establish his power. I don't think heels aren't scary because they can get away with stuff. Heels are usually scary because they're powerful. And if you notice, in beginning promo, when Jay challenges for the tag team match, Corbin and Sheamus come out, and there's a whole shebang-a-bang, and they're going back and forth. Roman is just standing completely still while all this madness is happening around him. He's just Mm -hmm. noticing and observing, noticing and observing. And as 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 it plays out, he just walks out. And it's, it's, it's very subtle. It's very cool. And I'm really excited to see what they, where they go with him. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what else there is to say. It's like, it's, I could, I could watch the highlights. I could rewatch that stuff just on repeat. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, mm. We got to move on. Monday Night Raw had, a, I mean, a lot of cool stuff. Um, and, I, yeah. and, and listen, I got to give him credit for this Seth Rollins Mysterio family storyline because if you told me on, if you just told me two months ago that these guys were going to wrestle like every week for the next <laughs> two months, I'd be like, okay, mm. that's like, like you know, let mm. me know when it's over. But they make every mm. week really interesting, man. And like Dominic Mysterio is getting getting some good shine. I still don't know what the like je- exact career path is for him. But man, that was a that cage match was was cool. And uh, and and I'm glad they're doing it. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about it. Another moment that's only slightly bigger, uh, only slightly longer than the Roman Reigns head nod. Right. Um, and that's the hot business. Yeah. So we're in a main business event. This is booming. Yeah, we're in a main event showdown between Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee. And like basically Keith Lee is is more or less insinuated in the main event scene right now, which is something oh, yeah. which again could be a whole show or segment unto itself. But for the time being, Keith Lee, who's now in a sort of uh a sort of singlet thing, which I guess is cool, though I <laughs> actually kind of gotten used to just like the skin tight t-shirt thing i don't know but anyway was was so he's in a new look he's he's brawling with his buddy uh or frenemy i guess drew mcintyre now they're having a good little match um started off with drew just like i guess legit punching him in the face which was uh uh a kind of a one of those like small but cool moments but anyway they're having a match and then the match is interrupted uh as it's getting to end game by retribution who are now a raw only stable of uh 
a varying number of folks who um, seemingly have their masks glued to their face. It's impossible to expose them. <laughs> Um, mm. but they come in, they start beating down the guys that, I mean, McIntyre and, and Keith do a good job of like holding their own for a minute, but they get beat down. And then the big save or not the save, but the, the big, the run in to stop retribution is the hurt business. Um, yeah. kind of the top heel stable around, not the people you would normally expect, you know, to be on the booking sheet in that role, but they just walked right out and kind of like took off their blazers and rolled up their sleeves and were just like, all right, you guys going to run in our territory. We're like, you know, like we're going to protect it. I don't care. There's no mm. baby faces. There's no heels. We don't, we're not scared of you. Let's go. I don't think, I don't think that's what it was. I think it was, I think it was just business. Yeah. I think it was just business. And I think that's what made it even cooler. They, they kind of dropped a little, the little hints with, uh, with Adam Pierce earlier in the day. It's like, Hey, listen, you got these guys running around in masks and 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 all black, and they're screwing up the show. They've been screwing with MVP from day one. The U.S. title match back with Apollo Crews, I think Retribution was like, they were the first people to mess with MVP. And he was the first one saying like, man, this is what's going on here. This is crazy. This is an unsafe work environment. Ah, ah, ah. Goes up to Adam Pierce and is like, listen, you got a problem. We can solve it. Cut the check. We'll handle it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, even before, even before we even get to that point, you start to see, you know, especially in WWE, when they're starting to make somebody a big deal. Right. New Titantron, new theme music. I always say the sum of the sum of all parts are, are better than them separately. And, you know, you look at a couple months ago. You tell somebody, hey, we're we're gonna end the show with Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, MVP, and Bobby Lashley. You probably don't really blink that much at it, right? But now you see them coming out, starting the show, mind you, tailored suits, new music, like Wakanda font and the Titan Tron, like not being subtle at all. Like this is a black excellence yeah. stable. Yes. Like they are going completely for it. It's like this ain't the nation of domination. This isn't the new day. This is something completely different mm -hmm. with that. We really haven't seen before because we've never really had, you know, I mean, I don't know why it hasn't been done before, but it's like, it's almost like they're like the black four horsemen, man. Like they came out in suits and, ready to kick ass. Yeah. And, you know, like Cedric Alexander, again, again, what makes this so great is we get to see these great underutilized talents mm -hmm. in a storyline that makes me care, right? Like, we got the Cedric Alexander turn last week on Ricochet. So no matter how we got there, for at least the next couple of weeks or months, we get to see some really cool Ricochet and Cedric Alexander and Apollo Crews matches with some consequence, which is awesome. Always awesome because those guys tear it down whenever the hell they have the chance to. Mm -hmm. MVP, Bobby Lashley, United States champion, you know, and Shelton Benjamin, who's, you know, got another shot in the arm in his career, looking really to looking really important. So you fast forward to the end with 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 Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre, who have been, you know, going at it all day, all night long, because I guess, you know, Keith is not making any bones about wanting to be in the world title picture. And then as Retribution comes to ruin another match and 
I guess we don't know if Keith Lee is going to be inserted into that title match or not from Clash of Champions because it seems like a no finish or whatever. You're just like, as a fan, you know, just taking off my mark, you know, glasses and putting on my fan glasses. You're like, oh, God, they ruined this great match with Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee. We don't know who's going to be in the world title match. We don't know if it's just staying with Randy Orton. And we have retribution to blame. Screw these guys. I hate them. And all of a sudden, you get these four badass dudes, completely outnumbered, not running from the fight. And when you don't run from the fight, I don't care who you are, heel or face, that looks cool. And that was the one moment in Monday Night Raw all this year that I truly missed the crowd reaction for that because the slow taking off of the blazer, yeah. the slow reveal of like, are they going to... Are they going to sit there and just, you know, wait for the check? Are they going to, like, look at Adam Pearce and be like, ah, screw it and let them get beat up? No. They went down and were with, they wanted to quote another black tag team. They wanted all the smoke (laughs) and went right after it, man. And it was so good. And I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, where they go with it, man. Shout out to MVP. What a What a second half of career. He's having right now, man, like from a chance spot at the Royal Rumble, which was just supposed to be a, hey, we just brought this guy back. You know what I mean? Because it's the Royal Rumble and sometimes you bring some people back. So now arguably being the most important guy on Monday Night Raw. (laughs) Yeah. Man, that 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 change happened fast, but it's been it's been it was awesome. It was really awesome. I loved it. It was so cool. Four Horsemen is a great parallel, uh, it, just because the taking off of the of the suit jackets, you know, the rolling up of the sleeves. Like this is a thing that we're. I mean, they don't mm-hmm. they didn't always roll up the sleeves. They didn't always take off their jackets back in the Horseman days. But I said the, I said what is it last week about Keith Lee or the week before that there's nothing scarier than a guy who takes off his shirt to fight, and that's like when you see some yes. when you see those guys come out. And they and they take their they're like take their jackets off like kind of in unison, but they're like we know we know exactly the process to get in there and to throw like it's it it just makes them look so impressive like so cool so tough I mean intimidating and everything at the same time I, I don't know I couldn't be I mean it was just such a huge moment and we spent a long time talking about that just like with the Roman thing there's so much storyline with Roman with this it was like they just came out and 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 started a fight. This is a thing that happens 20 times a week in pro wrestling and or or engaged into fight, waded into a fight. And it was just and just nuance was just a million times cooler than anything else. You know, I mean it was like it like everybody was just I wish there was a, a live crowd too. Although here's the thing. Yeah. We're talking about nuance, right? Babyface and heel don't matter. There's a storyline like you were talking, I mean like whatever's going on here. If there was a crowd, there would be no doubt that these guys would be baby faces within two weeks because the crowd would have gone nuts justifiably because of how cool that moment was, right? And then the, yes, and then the back, yes. people backstage would have been like, "Well, they're over as hell. These are baby faces now, right?" Mm-hmm. I mean that that's mm-hmm. that's the fear. At least with no crowd, they can tell the story that they set out to tell, right? They're not. I mean, and and I think that the crowd is overall a really good thing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, and and respond. The WWE should frankly respond to the crowd more, but when they're getting into the position of maybe like dealing in nuance and uh, we know WWE is not always the best at dealing in nuance. I say <laughs> like, you know, may- maybe the lack of crowd is a benefit here. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I was about to say like, we should, we should give them a little bit more credit because you know, between this, this Roman story 
Um, even in NXT, like Finn Balor, not necessarily a healer face. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and and now with the hurt business, they're not necessarily doing heel tactics or heel tactics that we've come to learn from the WWE. They are just doing business. And, you know, when I see the horseman comparison, the horsemen started off as heels. Like yeah. people weren't supposed to like the horsemen. Oh, no, like they like they like dragged poor Dusty Rhodes like up Oof. down like Atlanta. No, the and like they're the most hated. they're the most beloved group in the history of pro wrestling. And like you can sort of see, and obviously this is way, 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 way early. You can see that there's a lot of parallels there with the hurt business and the four horsemen. And, you know, I've seen some evolution uh, uh, mm-hmm. memes on, on Instagram, but I think it's more, I think it's more Four Horsemen, man. I think you got Ric Flair as uh, MVP, you know what I mean? The, 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 the Wiley mm-hmm. veteran, you got the powerhouse, you got Bobby Lashley as your Arn Anderson, you know what I mean? And then you got, you know, Tully and Art, Tully and uh, uh, the other guy, <laughs> Cedric and Shelton, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, there's 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 definitely parallels there and I hope they continue to to toe the line of they do what's best for them not playing to the they, they don't play to a crowd they That's don't key. play to the good thing they do what's best for them and if that pops the crowd great if it doesn't great that's what keeps stables interesting and also it it actually goes to character development too right because like in real life you do what you set out to do i mean i mean sure your motivations can shift but the motivation i mean or your your motives your 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 actual like you know game plan can shift but your motivations don't shift that's what's at the beginning of your of, of the whole decision making process and listen mm-hmm. i always say that like when you when you tell these stories let's not you should start i mean this is never the biggest thing but let's not forget that these guys are in kayfabe professional shoot fighters and yes. their goal is to well the, most for most of them the goal is to win the, the the universal championship or the WWE championship, yes. right? That's why you set out in these things. Now, obviously, we know from the world of pro sports that that's not the be all end all for everybody else. Some people just want to be famous and, and successful. Some people just want to do be be the top dog and you know shooting baskets and uh, you know, let's just say Portland. But you know, for right, <laughs> for, but for but like you got to have like some sort of real life motivation behind that. Now, there certainly are some guys who want to be popular, who want to who want the adulation of the crowd. But if your whole goal from the beginning was to get over with the crowd, you wouldn't be doing what the Hurt Business has been doing for the past two months or three months or whatever, right? right. If your whole goal was to get right. over, then you'd be Zack Ryder or something out there, you know, whatever. Like, like, and and what they're doing is something that is true to the character that they've established, and that's what I mean, man. I mean, it's so simple uh, when it, when you see it done right, it feels so simple, but it's not always easy to execute. We got to keep moving. Um, you mentioned NXT. I mean, there's some cool stuff going on. It looks like we're we're steering towards a pretty cool uh, takeover at the beginning of next month. Um, I don't know what's going on with Kushida if they're setting him up for Balor. <laughs> I mean, I just can't. I just with all with what they've done with Kushida so far in NXT, I just this kind of turn for him is sort of wild. But that that'll be interesting. The the fact that they're still like that they're really going on going in with Brizongo is really cool. Like I said, mm-hmm, Ciampa mm-hmm. versus Kyle O'Reilly. I said, back in the cheap heat days, I said, so years ago, 
way before WWE was sniffing around indie talent. I was just like, I, I, guys, if you want, this is, oh, this is before the Daniel Bryan thing, before Daniel Bryan's huge right. run. I was like, guys, you know, I know what you see, and I know you can see what Dan, who Daniel Bryan is, and I had underestimated Daniel Bryan. I, I'll say that right now. But it's like, if you want your own Daniel, okay. if you don't want to deal with, if you if you don't if you don't appreciate what he's doing, and you want to build your own Daniel Bryan from this from the ground up, go sign this guy Kyle O'Reilly because he can be that over. Mm. And I was wrong in so many ways, but my love for Kyle O'Reilly abides, and uh, seeing him get a little bit of a look against Ciampa is super interesting. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Kyle O'Reilly, he's one of those guys that for a long time we've wanted to see as a single star in the WWE because, you know, people who have known him, his whole fandom has grown from these epic indie encounters that he's had in PWG and Ring of Honor. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's he's got the chops to hold himself as a single star. Maybe he's not your top guy. Maybe he's not like closing your show, but he's absolutely the guy that can have your match of the night yeah. on every single card. You know what I mean? Like that's, that goes without saying similar to Daniel Bryan, where, I mean, again, I think a lot of us were wrong with Daniel Bryan. Like as much as we love the guy, I don't think any of us ever foresaw him closing out WrestleMania with both titles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think anybody ever saw that coming. Well, I want to say this about both about both these. I mean, and the jury's still out on Kyle O'Reilly. What's made Daniel Bryan really a legendary? Well, that's not true. He was he he had the skills to be. We saw on the Indies and stuff to be just an enormous star. We know you're right. No one could have necessarily foreseen that, but a lot of that was a commentary on WWE and just sort of our experience with right, with them. Right. But but what really is like made Daniel Bryan, yeah, a WWE Hall of Famer for sure. Is not first ballot. Is not main eventing WrestleMania. It's not even the yes chance, which he sort of like. No one knew he had the sort of charisma to pull off that sort of a tidal wave, but mm -hmm. it's the comedy stuff, and it's being yes. and it's being able to work eight minute matches on Raw or SmackDown. It's be, it's it's all the filler stuff, right? I have no doubt in the in my, in the world that if that given a dedicated push. You know, Kyle O'Reilly could main event WrestleMania and put on and give us a five star match on the biggest stage of all. I mean, he can he can go in big matches, and he can mm -hmm. and and that's what the real like upside of of PWG and places like that are. Is that like you what we we only see the big matches, right? They only, they only exist on these big shows. <laughs> so I mean, but it's but the interesting the, the real interesting thing for a lot of these guys is going to be able to see how much they sort of give themselves over to just like whatever WWE puts in front of them, you know, and, and, and how that can sort of help you evolve into, like I said, a hall of famer. Um, and, and, and that's not necessarily like a, a comment. I mean, Daniel Bryan would still be awesome if he had never done team hell no, but like right. doing, but doing team hell no did a lot for his, the office's opinion of him. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. like do, be, to be to be able to just say yes at, to whatever someone hands you and to do a fucking awesome job of it. Like that's what puts you in position to be universal champion. Um, yeah, I think that's what a lot of talents uh, tend to forget and not even just talents. I think I think the talent understands. That. I think it's the fans a lot of times that don't understand that. Right. Like to make it big in WWE, which in turn means making it big in the biggest way you can in professional wrestling. You have to be able to entertain. Like, there are a million and one phenomenal professional wrestlers. We have seen a million and one incredible wrestling matches. And sadly enough, 
we're going to see a lot of those matches over and over and over again just because of the way the WWE system is. How are you going to keep me intrigued and entertained to want to see this match over and over or see these two people or four people work together over and over and over again? That's what Daniel Bryan did so well. Like, outside of, like, you know, yeah, when you first signed a Bryan Daniels into WWE, you got a bunch of your dream matches in your head and you want to see that. But what's kept him not just afloat, but what's kept him, you know, uh, as a successful competitor and, and performer in the WWE is that he's got layers to him. Like, he's been incredibly beloved. He's been incredibly hated. He's been incredibly funny. He's been incredibly, like, inspirational. You know what I'm saying? Like, he makes you feel, right? And that's the biggest key when it comes to any sort of professional wrestler. Like, can you make me feel? Can you bring me in as a fan and make me give a fuck if you win or lose or have a title match or not or whatever? Can you take me on a journey and make me follow you? And I think that's, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who's done a better job at that than Daniel Bryan. When it comes to a guy like Kyle O'Reilly, there's definitely elements there to start that. There's definitely elements there where, you know, there's easily the, oh my gosh, he's a tag team wrestler. Nobody in, in for living just in WWE canon. Oh my God, he's a tag team guy. He can't go solo. He can't do this. He can't do that. There's a story there. Then it's like, oh, it's Tommaso Ciampa, this guy who's been an absolute menace and monster ever since coming back. And, you know, for the majority of his singles career, to go up against this guy as your first, you know, singles challenger, he can't do that. And then, you know, there's there's that there. I think with Kyle O'Reilly, man, he has a ton of charisma that we've only seen him tap into just slightly. You know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. saw some of the skits as the uh as the as the therapist for 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 Roderick Strong and he was scared of trunks when the, mm-hmm. during the during the the whole pandemic. We've seen him, you know what I mean? He's become a gift master, great facial expressions, mm-hmm. the air guitar, like he's he's got it. Like there's something there. There's definitely something there where if I'm a WWE higher up, I'm like, oh, okay. Like he could yeah. he could go. He could turn, he can go and and be as serious as possible. But like there's some he's entertaining. There's something here. So I mean, like, I think they're starting to peel off that orange a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a right turn here. Uh, Let's make it. That was, a, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said about Kyle O'Reilly, and I think he'd be a big star. And I'm excited to see where they go with Kushida, and if, you know, they announced that there's going to be a gauntlet match for Finn Balor. I think we talked a little bit about a, I mean, uh, NXT moving to Tuesdays and sort of, you know, uh, canceling the Wednesday Night Wars. I don't even know if it needs to move. I think it's, I think it's over as of last night. AEW outclassed NXT to such a degree last night that it's like. And this, I mean, I mean, maybe that was the point. Maybe NXT is back on Wednesday. AEW is like, let's show these dudes what we can do. But I mean, we don't even talk about AEW. I mean, obviously there's less TV time, but like we don't talk about them so, so much. But like there were multiple matches on AEW last night that were, that are going to be in match of the year contention. I mean, people are going to be talking about best friends for Santana Ortiz in the parking lot. Legit. They could talk about FTR versus Jurassic Express. You know, someone could, someone could, someone, if someone wanted to make a case for Hangman Page against Frankie Kazarian, like, okay, like whatever. I mean, there's just like so much, there was like so much on this show that was so, so good. And 
it's not all. I mean, when when AEW has a down week, a slow week, it feels really, really slow. Mm-hmm. But when they when they have a week like when they have a show like they did last night, it's like I get I get invigorated. I mean, it's it's just great. Um, they set up this like the Brian Cage and Lance Archer and 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 Ricky Starks match against Johnny Moxley, uh, Darby Allen, mm-hmm. and Will Hobbs, who's they just signed. You know, people Big have been sort of making noise. People have been making noise about him for a minute, but he's 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 a been lot like of fun. the MVP of AW Dark for the past several months. <laughs> yes, he's the only yeah. he's the only guy I'll watch on AW Dark. I'm like this guy, Will Hobbs. He's he's the goods. He's the goods down there. You got to do something with him. And look, he, he got to run out with a chair and help John Moxley, and and uh, he was really happy to be doing it. And you could tell that he was just like gassed up. I mean, we were excited. He, he was it was it was nice. It was <laughs> it was good to see him in that position. But that man, that main event was just really really cool. And talk about being able to do comedy and stuff. I mean, if you're have a, you're having a a parking lot brawl where people are getting like you know pile driven onto hoods and people's backs are bleeding and shit and yet like the biggest spot in the match is Chuck Taylor pushing the automatic the trunk opening button on his keychain fob so that Orange Cassidy can pop out of the trunk uh and and they <laughs> and, and start throwing superman punches like it's it was just really cool and they all drive off with Chuck's mom and the you know like it's it's yeah. just I mean I'm so sorry Trent's mom and it's it's well, just Sue. it's uh it's just, it was just such a good match. I mean, if you listen to the show and you didn't see that, go seek it, go watch it. It was, it's like worth every second of your time. And the yeah. coolest thing, the coolest thing, and listen, we we don't talk about announcers much. And, you know, some a lot of times that conversation sort of bores me. A lot of people dog on JR. I don't, I, I think he's, I still think he's got something that's really important to, especially to a broadcast like, like AEW's. But the difference between, so one of the differences you'll see between JR and Tony Schiavone really showed through in that match. I thought JR was good in that match, but Tony, but like there's a part of JR and the part of a lot of guys, it's not specific to him, who are, you know, still a little bit tied to the wrestling that they grew up watching. You know, JR is a much yeah. better, much more evolved person than than Jim Cornette or whatever when it comes to that stuff. And 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 kudos to him. But and part of this might be the time he took off from the business, but Tony Schiavone watches, like he comments on wrestling, but he's watching the wrestling and he is enjoying. It's like, it's he watches a match like that parking lot brawl as if he is like Captain America who's been thought out of a block of ice for 30, he's in there for 30 I mean, years. He, I mean, honestly, he is. And that's like, what he, I mean. He honestly he is. Like, that. that's, that's, yeah, like, I mean, if, you, if you're thinking, that, if you're putting on your Tony Schiavone hat and you get to be him for a minute, think about this, right? Like, yeah. you are a wrestling lifer. Mm-hmm. You are on WCW and you gave the biggest competition to hell for 83 weeks. And then in less than two years, it's gone. And for nearly 20 years, you're trying to, like, chase that dragon. You know what I mean? Of national television, of pro wrestling, of competing against another wrestling show. Like, it's all that type of stuff. I think he's probably having the best time out of anybody in AEW. Like, he's he's the one guy, when I, when I heard he was coming back to do commentary, the dude I was most excited to hear, because it's like, oh, man, Tony Schiavone. I grew up on Tony Schiavone, and he still sounds just as good, just as sharp. He doesn't, you know I mean? He brings me into the storylines. He doesn't take himself too too seriously mm-hmm. you know he's made himself available to be like I, let, let's make no bones about it he's a legend in, in in wrestling circles 
But he's made himself like, you know, the butt of jokes. Like he's made himself like, you know, available to, to advance storylines, whether it's with Britt Baker or whether it's with anybody else that he kind of interacts with. And like he's made the show very enjoyable. Like, I mean, granted, like I said, Jr. Legend. Incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't he's probably forgot more about wrestling than any of us have ever learned. But I'm really enjoying the Tony Schiavone's, the Taz's, the, you know, they've they've really brought like a nice extra flavor to AEW Dynamite. And uh, it's been it's been awesome. I just love the giddiness that he gets into Tony's voice. I mean, it really seems like he is a guy who's only ever seen, you know, the craziest thing he ever saw. I mean, if you think about it, the craziest thing he ever saw when he was a, a play by play guy at WCW was probably like Cactus Jack doing the elbow from the apron to the floor. You know, I mean, like he, like that was like that was a high spot. And yeah. now he's or, you know, whatever, like a superplex, like whatever it is. And now, I mean, and and if you just, again, got thought out of ice and you got to see the Young Bucks, you got to see whatever, <laughs> you would just be, you'd be giddy too. You know, you'd just be like, oh my God, this is the wildest thing I've ever seen. And, uh, and it's, just, it's just cool, man. It's cool. You know, like I said, uh, no big stories this week. Except for the biggest story of all, which like these aren't these are they're cool things. Awesome wrestling things. is good, guys. The, thing, the things that pro wrestling should be about, right? Yeah, we got Roman Reigns, we got the Hurt business, you know. We got we got the, the best friends versus Santana and Ortiz. Uh, we got so much cool stuff. We got Kyle O'Reilly. We're gonna keep talking about Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, and we got when there's and there's a million other things we didn't talk about. And we got and and, and at least for last night when I was geeking out over a hell of an AEW broadcast. Uh, Tony Schiavone was like my avatar. Just hearing his little, he's hearing his giddy voice. I was just like, <laughs> hell yes, Tony Schiavone. You are me right now. Like you are, yes. you are the excited voice of every wrestling fan. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan right now. I feel like we're slowly, surely getting back to the sort of excitement that we had pre-pandemic where WWE's firing on all the cylinders. AEW's firing on all cylinders. The excitement is there. It's not just like kind of, we're not just like ho-humming. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the NBA starting to go away. So like, you know, we're, we're going to see a lot more wrestling. And, you know, it's it's a good time. It's a good time right now, man. I'm, I'm excited and I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm excited too. Uh, what, so what, where are we on the calendar? We're going to be back next week with, will we, is next week or Night of Champions preview? Are we already there? I think it's our preview. Yeah, I think well, we're here. We'll double check the calendar and confirm that. But yeah. anyway, there's always something fun to talk about. Uh, but this week, I'm just, if there are actual fun things to talk about. And we'll be doing it next week, too. Um, thank you for listening, Kaz. Thanks, as always. John. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much. Um, guys, have an incredible week. Oh, apologies, as always, to Johnny Moxley. Enjoy wrestling, guys. <laughs> Enjoy wrestling. It's there to be enjoyed. It's there for the taking. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on The Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Masked Man Show. 